Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who are drawn to be here with us. I'm Tara and I'm your co-host along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode five. Uh, This one, we ask the question, why do we need an oxygen mask again? So kind of revisiting the foundational um, tidbits for this podcast. Um, The big picture of what we talk about a lot is how you parent your child matters for life. Your well-being and attitude about yourself and your child matters for the long game. We're going to talk about those pieces today. Yeah, we kind of want to go back to, we we talked about this in episode four, but what makes um, parenting a child with autism so hard? And we went through the four S's that we came up with, but um, it being the spectrum, a a wide range of abilities, the systems that it falls into, stigma, um, yourself, and just wanting to talk a little bit more about um, why that autism can be so hard, because it's so intense uh, for these kids. It, it just is everything is extra, extra hard, extra great, extra exciting, extra, extra. Mm-hmm. So those sensory issues, the skills that your child has, maybe they have extreme ability in one area and really low functioning in another area. So everything's kind of extreme and intense. 
um, whether it's daily tasks or sleeping can be, you know, really a challenge or it can be really great. Going to the store can be super intense based on all the sensory issues. Haircuts, for crying out loud, can be incredibly yeah. extra. <laughs> so everything is intense, and that makes parenting quite a challenge. Right. And parenting a child on the autism spectrum is uniquely difficult in terms of chronic stress and fatigue. Um, we'll put in the show notes some research on how parents of kids with ASD experience higher rates of anxiety and depression than parents of kids with other disabilities and parents of kids with typically developing kids. It's oh, not sure. like we need to like have this bar of what we're striving, you know, like what whose heart is hardest. Yeah. That doesn't help. That's not helpful, but we do need to acknowledge that stress, we need to notice that it's there and that fatigue wears us down and it makes us less able to do what we need to do. Um, For me, I feel like I got to this moment of just exhaustion at one point and I asked kind of this question that kept running through my head for a few weeks. If this is how it is, how am I going to do this? Like truly I was... um, exhausted, overwhelmed, uh, and my body was really holding that stress and I had chronic pain and locking up of my shoulders and neck and I really couldn't do basic things for myself, let alone my family. Um, and so for the, for me, um, it was out of resignation and exhaustion finally. And I think mm-hmm. this is true of a lot of um, parents that you just get to this moment of burnout, complete kind of mm-hmm. st- stoppage of of your body and mind really being effective um um, for me i one phrase or maybe oxygen mask concept that i kind of bring back and remind myself of is expectation recalibration it's kind of a so how do we recalibrate our expectations to our reality and our experience so for me I constantly aim higher and farther than my reality, my family, myself, my body are able to to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel like I'm losing the words in describing this, but I aim high and I often crash and burn. And when I do that, there's like collateral damage right. <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's like this constant process for me that takes honesty some energy for and and the mm-hmm. kind of space to a moment of pause to really say okay what do i hope for out of this but what is actually reasonable or what is the picture that i have in my mind versus what is you know feasible for us yeah that's a great and that's exactly you know that oxygen mask moment right like taking um some honesty with yourself and Mm -hmm. and that moment of pause and recognizing hey my expectations are too high yeah and i think i'm still not good at it i mean even (laughs) today i'm just thinking of ways that I totally overshot this camping trip that we're doing just tonight. I'm like, okay, I need to pull together so many details and right. I never give myself enough time for things, but um, I need to, uh, that's a constant process. And I think the big piece for me has been um, this: these small steps of recalibrating my expectations, but also like letting go of the idea that stress and exhaustion and busyness are somehow like a badge of honor like yeah. that is not a badge that I even want to strive for because my uh 
it doesn't help. It's not healthy for me. No, physically. I think that's pretty common in today's parenting world in general. You know, whether mm-hmm. you have typical kids or kids with extra needs, um, it's yeah, it's being busy is not a badge of honor. That's really mm-hmm. a good way to put it. And so I like that. You know, recognizing, hey, let's lower the expectations because then we'll actually be able to achieve things. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. I think too. Like I was definitely in that mode of. Um, when Alex was pretty young, uh, I call it like my walking dead zombie mode. Like I just felt like I was, you know, barely going through the motions, not really living, just kind of surviving, trying to get through the day and not step in on any landmines, you know, that might set him off and, and kind of derail him for the entire day. And it was really not um, healthy and not really working for me, but I didn't know what else to do. And I remember my mom, who is terribly supportive and I know she's listening so you know I love you mom and you were always the best but I remember her saying something to me that really struck with me saying you know she was witnessing her own child kind of going through these difficulties with um, you know her grandchild and saying you can't keep doing this like because she saw how burnt out and stressed out I was um, and not really knowing what to do so she says you can't keep doing this and I thought well if I don't who will right Mm -hmm. if not me who because there's no way I'm giving up on my child, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that kind of struck me in a good way in that, okay, I need to um, do something to help myself because this is my reality. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to change my perspective from, you know, just that surviving mode to going, okay, well, it, it's time to get some extra help here and recognize that it is really hard, particularly because it's 24-7. Um, even if you have a supportive spouse or supportive family, it's still 24-7 you are on alert, right? Mm-hmm. You're on guard, and that kind of contributes to that whole stress factor. Um, and I remember, too, in particular, with when Alex was kind of at the height of all of his meltdowns and tantrums, it was very challenging. But it was really hard to not take his behavior personally because it was a lot of name calling and, you know, throwing things and then laughing at me for, you know, trying to discipline him because it was just this horrible cycle. And I realized every time that I went down that road with him Mm -hmm. in in kind of sunk to his meltdown level, (laughs) it made it worse, right? And it did not help him. And that's what I was trying to do was to help him. Mm -hmm. So my oxygen mask little technique was to shift my perspective and started judging the behavior and not the person and not taking it personally to me. So him you know, throwing something at my face was not because he hated me. And in, even he, in the times that he said he hated me was not truly him. It was the behavior. It was the autism. And so once I kind of shifted that and said, okay, that's just the autism at play here. I need to help my son Alex work through this. And that sort of helped me shift to a more stoic mode when he was in those uh, meltdowns. And and less engaged in the mm-hmm. wild emotions that mm-hmm. were going on with it. So it wasn't it wasn't him, it wasn't me, it was the autism. And then that helped me actually cope with it a lot better. So I kind of use that technique a little bit now with him as he's older um, because we he's able to verbalize and recognize his emotions a little bit better now. Um, but we talk about you don't have to be on 
the wild horses of of emotions when mm-hmm. when they're out of control. You don't have to keep riding those wild horses. You can hop off and let those feelings pass and that the feelings are kind of separate from you, the person. So that's mm-hmm. one of those things that I've kind of tried to shift my perspective and judging just the behavior and not the person itself. And that's my oxygen mask little mm-hmm. moment. So mm-hmm. it's been helpful, but I tell you what, it's really challenging in the moment. Right, right. <laughs> Well, and I, I want to go back. You had said about, you know, it's 24-7, you're on alert. And, like, that's in your that's in our body. That's, like, the right. hormones that are flushing kind of into our system to handle, to get into this kind of fight or flight or flee moment yeah. or freeze. Um, and so when those strong feelings come up again, when we're intense and we are kind of on alert like that, we join in, we, yeah. we match the room in, in right. a way. Um, or, and so it's hard to pause and just be aware, oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, because we're people wild too. Wild is what you said, right. coming by again. Right, yeah. we're people too, we get angry right. and, and it's frustrating and, and mm-hmm. you're tired and um, you know, we certainly have all had those parenting moments we're not very proud of, but mm-hmm. I did find I had to be very aware of like, okay, I need to just remain stoic mm-hmm. and not go down this rabbit hole with him mm-hmm. because it made it worse for everybody. Mm-hmm. And eventually, little by little by little by little, he, um, you know, was able to get control of his emotions through a lot of therapies and, and me kind of, you mm-hmm. know, doing that stoic sort of thing. And now he's, you know, able to recognize when he's feeling frustrated. And that comes with age too. But um, yeah, it was tough when they were little. Well, and this is both, you know, what we've been talking about is more our own mindsets, our attitudes, our reactions to things. Um, I think it's a lot more complicated when other people are in the mix, like mm. families, family members or friends. Yeah. People we don't see as often. Um, when there's a sense that you want to make, in a, like you're aware of the sense or the, of the impression that you're making. Yeah. Um, and so it's really hard when your child is struggling in the presence of other people who you know probably don't get it. Um, right. There's there becomes that judging thing again. Right. Yeah. And that's when I'm I'm more likely as a parent to be like, get up, come on, pull yourself yeah. together, let's do this, like toughen up sort of yeah. which doesn't work I know it doesn't work I, no. I you know it just <laughs> makes things worse but um to for me noticing that that's what I'm feeling that oh you know sense of judging myself through like other people's eyes as right. they're observing the situation right we all hear about this and experience it ourselves but um noticing that that's the feeling that you have and then letting that like perspective stay with those other people like you don't have to take that lens on yourself right and the minute that you do I feel like for me at least it's nothing but guilt and shoulds like I should Mm -hmm. be doing this I should be firmer I'm not doing it right and it's all judgment and it's mainly in my own head even though I attribute it to bystanders (laughs) bystanders <laughs> right right we project it onto mm-hmm. and, and sometimes there certainly is judgment by bystanders but yeah we tend to uh, yeah be hypersensitive to that I think right. because it's a judgment of our our parenting skills and we know it's not right. <laughs> it's not right. anything to do with the way that we're parenting right. our child's behaviors their behavior because of autism mm-hmm. so and just for you know that's what vulnerability feels like you're yeah. vulnerable in that moment and just recognizing that that takes energy you're going to be I I am emotionally exhausted usually after small and big things like trips with 
you know, visiting family that I haven't seen for a long time or um, Christmas, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, And being intentional about that and making space. So, like, I try not to make plans a couple days after arriving home from a trip because I I am more wiped out than just logistics and unpacking can explain. (laughs) Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It can be, you know, taxing not only on our children, but also for ourselves. And and I like that, you know, being intentional with where is your energy going to go to? You know, mm-hmm. is this um, is this the place where you are going to explain to family or friends this is what we're doing? Or is that just take up too much energy and you mm-hmm. just got to go off and do your own thing and mm-hmm. let them judge or whatever? So well, And keep your chin up. Like you right. kind of... Exp- um, I try to model with my posture and my tone of voice, like the confidence that I honestly don't have or feel <laughs> at the moment, but um, I try to fake it till I make it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also just, it can be really hard to be on the same page with other people. So when we talk about, um, you know, carrying through of these mindsets, attitudes, when other people are in the mix, um, how do we communicate our learning from the latest appointment or, a therapy debrief or an IEP meeting back to our partners or child care providers or other people who need to know. Um, that takes energy. Again, just naming that it takes energy and requires yeah. space. I think, I mean, I'm talking to myself in a way with some of this where I could truly carve out space in my calendar two days after every appointment that I schedule so that I have time to unpack it and share it with who needs to know, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think I don't do that. So I feel like I'm always scrambling in a way. Yeah, Um, that would, that's a really healthy technique. I think I've kind of recognized that too. After every IEP meeting, I know I need to have a debrief time, you know, like I'm not really good company afterwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need a little, Mm -hmm. just processing time for myself to kind of go, okay, are we doing the right things? And how did that go? And, and, and honor that it is, um, you know, hard on a mama's heart to listen to some of the things that your child isn't Mm -hmm. good at. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to make the matches between who your kid is, what the setting looks like and what the connections in between in terms Mm -hmm. of accommodations need to look like. I think, I mean, really, we're just recording this at the beginning of summer, and so we're both in like a week and a half or so, or Ugh. a week of easing out <laughs> of that school stuff. And I just, I do feel like I just need to acknowledge how much time navigating systems like school yeah. and healthcare, especially for us right now, takes. Like it takes actual time of showing up, getting there, mm-hmm. having meetings, making plans. But also um, just the maintenance, just for my child to have a a healthy sort of support system in place in school is an invisible effort on my part of, um, Mm -hmm. and, and on my husband's part of just how, what supports does he need, making sure that's happening. Um, And sometimes those needs is needs um, spike in intensity with specific issues or challenges and so that is just an always running um, thing in our heads in our yeah conversations communication yeah right I want to go back to something you said earlier because I think you um, Mm -hmm. we kind of went past it but I I really you said there's those shoulds you know the things that we have expectations either of ourselves or or other people have of us Mm -hmm. and I this has been my mantra for the last couple years just don't should on yourself right Mm -hmm. don't like 
reset the expectations for your family activities. And I think I talked about this before, too, with that whole um, kindergarten bus moment thing. And that was kind Mm -hmm. of a resetting of my own expectations. And even though there should be, you know, this cultural or societal protocol for this, that or the other thing, um, you, you have permission to reset that for your family for what's reasonable for your family. So even, you know, when Alex was younger, of course, we kind of reset a lot of things based on him, which was, mm-hmm. I know, challenging for my other kids that it felt like we weren't always doing the fun stuff that maybe their other friends were doing and stuff like that. So we had to kind of balance out what was best, not only for Alex, but what was best for the whole family. And then sometimes that meant doing things separately Mm -hmm. so that we could go off to whatever fun activity for my older boys and let Alex not have that taxing situation that ended up kind of derailing um, everything. And so Mm -hmm. balancing that out, certainly there's times when we pushed him and there were times when we said, you know what, this is not um, going to be fun for anybody. Mm -hmm. So we're going to split up or we're going to find a different um, activity for Alex or we're going to shorten it for him and the rest of us are going to stay or whatever the case is. So I think resetting that expectation, you don't all have to do everything all at once. And even now, um, you know, he's very capable and and going off and doing all kinds of wonderful things this summer. He's going to a couple of scout camps on his own. So, I mean, he's he's very capable of attending functions in the world. Mm -hmm. But we have a a military graduation later this summer for my oldest son that is in another state and is going to require a pretty hefty amount of travel in a day. Mm in a hot location and a lot of waiting and not a lot of fun activities <laughs> for my 14 year old. So I'm kind of weighing that right now in that, you know, what's best for all of us? Like, is that something that he he's capable of going? Um, it will be not fun for him and yet he wants to support his brother. So it's kind of this back and forth, like mm-hmm. what's best for everybody. And right now we're thinking it might be best for him to stay back with grandma and attend the school things that he needs to attend mm-hmm. uh, before school starts to get him ready for high school. And the rest of us will go for this graduation because it's mm-hmm. really just like a day and a half. So it's not... Um, it's a lot of waiting around for a short ceremony, which mm-hmm. is never fun. <laughs> so um, so kind of even weighing that now into his teen years, even though he is capable, is that what's going to mm-hmm. be most pleasant for everybody? So don't give in to that whole fear of missing out concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that too goes with that whole you know perfect parenting scenario, that busy badge that we're all kind of mm-hmm. striving for it's okay to miss out, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's that whole, so FOMO is the fear of missing out, and Mm -hmm. now there's that new term, uh, I think it's JOMO, joy of missing out. Like, it feels really good to (laughs) say no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I think that's okay to do that. You have to recalibrate those expectations for your family because Mm -hmm. things are different. Mm -hmm. So is it the best scenario for everybody to attend so-and-so's wedding Mm -hmm. when maybe you might have more fun taking everybody except your child with autism who really will have more fun with Mm -hmm. grandma or whatever the Mm -hmm. case is like don't be afraid to mix it up Um, I think that that's kind of been a constant um, tug of war for us sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, but keeping in mind you know your child's reality and what what's going to be um, keep them happy is important and also like what's the goal um 
is the goal to teach him to be out into the world and attend a wedding so that he learns manners and all that kind of stuff, great. Bring him with, and that's what your goal is. You're mm-hmm. going to have this be a life-learning moment. Is the goal to get through you know, a wedding without tears and upsetness? Mm-hmm. Then maybe that's what you stick mm-hmm. with, You know, whatever or, the case is. Honestly, sometimes I have to be clear and say the goal is that we show up looking coherent and together yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like there's yes. sometimes I'll like, come on you guys I want you to come along to this event and yeah I realize it's more about me and the picture I have in mind or the right you know the people I'm gonna see and yeah you know then it is about the whole picture of my family yeah you really have to pick your battles on those things and so mm-hmm. go ahead and you know don't should on yourself that's my yeah. my other oxygen mass technique <laughs> well I really like what you said about Jomo though it yeah. reminded me joy of missing out so yeah. um, we had a really rough patch of a holiday sandwiched by funerals a couple of years ago it was a pretty crazy little period of time and it was the um, the second city and the second funeral that we had been to in like two and a half weeks and my son could just not come upstairs amidst all the family and relative strangers almost some of them um for dinner and so um my father-in-law went downstairs and they put out like a little sheet for a picnic blanket and they had supper on the floor in the basement and at first I could have felt like you know I felt disappointed or sure. embarrassed that he can't, you know, pull himself together and come sit at the table or right. something. And then the there's that parenting rule, right? Judgment, yeah. like, oh, I can't get him to just right. come to the table. Yeah. But by then we had done one funeral and a <laughs> few days of holiday and another funeral, and it's like I can't ask any more of mm-hmm. this kid. And and it was a beautiful little moment of connection for those two to just right. have their picnic on the basement floor. And anyway, that makes that's like my picture of Jomo. Yeah. For now. Right. So everybody was happy. Right? right and that that's so it just has to be a resetting of how you how you expect that picture to be so mm-hmm. and I think I mentioned you know adjusting your expectations expectation recalibration I think in my in the current phase that we're in I I am not having a struggle really feeling connected and loving to my kids and to my son that's not the challenge I think the biggest stressors lately have come from like realizing layer upon layer as we navigate different places and systems like how I need to shift my expectations to make things Mm -hmm. fit so and that's that's not hard that's not easy um but I feel like I can do that to preserve sort of that joyful connection that we can experience or the um, simplicity of not um, of stretching ourselves really only a couple times a day instead of right one thing after another all the time so yeah that requires a lot of energy <clears throat> um, I think the other aspect we talked about this too is you know part of putting on the oxygen mask is just getting comfortable with and accepting that there's a lot of uncertainty in your journey mm-hmm. And we're in this perpetual messy middle. Um, and I think just pausing and, and accepting that, that it's, it's always gonna be messy, you know? And it's always gonna be a little bit unpredictable. And when you accept that, it becomes less, um, less uncomfortable. Like you can go, okay, I can do this, I've mm-hmm. got this, right? Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that goes back to a little bit of what we talked about the four S's in episode four, like 
autism is a developmental neurological disability and so that is developmental means that in every phase of of brain development there's something that's going to be rolling out a little bit different than what everything everyone else's development looks like so that is why it's going you're getting accepting and comfortable with uncertainty is really part of our job as parents um, and probably the hardest part and I think biggest opportunity for growth too. And so it's really hard to accept that as the long-term norm across our lifespans. Some days are really hard and really bad, and some days are, and victories are huge and elating. Um, and also it's disorienting too, because the big celebrations and milestones that we're celebrating are totally either invisible or taken for granted. Right. By other people. and Yeah. Even the bad days sometimes there can be like, oh, you know, yeah. my son really suffers from a lot of tantrums. Mm-hmm. Oh, all kids do. Right. Yeah, not quite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And same thing with, you know, hey, my kid learned to tie his shoe. Yeah. Okay, great. You know, right. my kid does. No, you don't understand. Right, right. You know? That is, <laughs> we're still kind of celebrating that. Right, one. right. But just to, like, again, the oxygen mask moment or concept for for me lately is all I can do is this moment and I don't need to get to let this specific moment of struggle pull me into a big fearful future story that Mm. I do you know how do you do that too where you take one little nugget and you expand it out to something horrible in the future Um, and then also not holding on really too tightly to successes either I mean enjoy that joy and excitement um, you don't need to hold on to it and then suddenly cast that as your entire future either. Like, oh, now yeah. we can conquer X, Y, and Z as well. Like, right. just do the moment of joy and enthusiasm mm-hmm. that you're experiencing right now. Yeah, I think my mantra from about age two to, well, still, <laughs> um, <laughs> is this too shall pass, right? And if, I always, you know, kind of ran through my brain almost like a, a a robot like this too shall pass this too shall pass <laughs> like just hang on you know but it it holds true in um, moments of challenges but it also holds true in like okay well he's not going to do this forever right mm-hmm. like there was a time when I thought he was uh, well, all my kids like slept in my bed for you know I'm like when are they ever gonna leave <laughs> like when do I get my my own bed back and now they're all teenagers and never do they step foot in my room right so (laughs) this too shall pass but it also um applies to like you said successes too like I'm always and maybe it's not a healthy thing that I'm on guard sometimes about Mm -hmm. we're in a very peaceful period right now but I'm always looking ahead and thinking well this too shall pass and when are the next challenges going to come up and you know how can I head those off and I think there's it's a struggle for me to maintain that balance of um, not getting caught up in that fearful future thing and also kind of expecting hey this is this is a normal part of the journey that there Mm -hmm. is that uncertainty um, and that you know a lot of times it is one step forward and two steps back Mm -hmm. and to expect that then it doesn't feel quite so um, oh my god here we go again right or Mm -hmm. deflating or you know defeating Mm -hmm. Um, and I think too it's been helpful to understand that kind of circular 
um, you know, the spiral staircase, right? So you're, you're constantly moving up and improving, but you're still circling back around and mm-hmm. dealing with some of the same things. And so, you know, graduating from one therapy or, or moving on from one issue doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely done with it. It may come back around in a different form because, mm-hmm. like you said, it's developmental. So they change and grow. And so maybe what, you know, what was a tantrum when he was, you know, two and three years old is now um, tears of frustration. You know, right. it's still a similar concept, but it's it's um, improving, but it still cycles back mm-hmm. around. So it's this mm-hmm. kind of always expecting <laughs> that uncertainty and uncomfortableness mm-hmm. and that it's not just a, oh, we've fixed it and moved on. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really, it isn't a ladder or a staircase no. that's straightforward. It's spiral. I really like that image. I think um, that reminded me of, we used to have, my son would take painter's tape and like put mazes and lanes on the floor. Oh, wow. And then he would, my daughter was just barely walking and he would direct her and knock her over sometime, (laughs) trying to get her to stay in the right lane, you know? And that's now come back like five or six years later on bikes. Like, oh no, you need to be over there. And he, you know, so you do you is our phrase lately. All you do is you and she's got herself covered, you know? Um, but just to say, okay, this is familiar. We've been here before. Right. And just that's reassuring, even though, and, and I don't think it's dismissive of no. the reality of it, but just to say, this is not permanent and I can, I can recognize it as familiar. Exactly. Yeah. So basically we have to be, um, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's like a huge human challenge. I kind of like psychology and I'm pretty yeah. sure that's an interesting <laughs> concept. Yeah. That's, uh, that's our big, um, takeaway here is just, you know, get comfortable with, with uncertainty. And also for me, it really helps to not always ask why. I think mm. I, I always want to get to the bottom of what's going on here. Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. And then my underneath that is usually uh, wanting to explain it to others and be mm-hmm. better like understood of what our experience is and those things just don't match up sometimes for what we're yeah what I autism think is that asking that why can be so I for myself like I've mm-hmm. gone down that path and why 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 are we doing mm-hmm. it? and it even me saying it makes me feel like this whole anxiousness right yeah. like we have to get to the bottom of it like What's you said going on? Yeah. and as soon as you're like it doesn't matter why. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Take a breath. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter why, because it doesn't matter. We're mm-hmm. moving forward and we're doing this. Yeah. Um, so I think that permission to just stop asking why is really important. Right. And maybe just replace it with noticing, noticing the good, mm-hmm. noticing the challenges and marking those phases of, on the staircase that we get to. Yeah, so that's a whole lot of oxygen mask uh, (laughs) moments that we've pulled together for you, and hopefully you've found a few in there that maybe work for you. Um, Maybe you can leave us a note on other ideas that you've used, uh, times when you've had to put on your oxygen mask and that, that it's worked and it's been helpful. So. And this is really us, I feel like, brainstorming, talking, and still teaching ourselves. Don't you feel like these are things you can say out loud, but you don't always practice? You try? Yeah, we sound like we're so, like, experts in this. But let me tell you, I'm going to go home and, you know, have a a meltdown moment of my own, I'm sure. So (laughs) if I can listen to this back again and maybe remember to put on my oxygen mask, we'll, we'll all be better parents for that, so... Well, thanks for listening, and happy summer to many of you. Um, We'll see you for episode six in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye.
invite you to sit with or walk, kid chase, drive, or snuggle up with today's conversation in the back of your mind. Did you find kernels of joy or reassurance? Where did you feel some resistance? Let us know so we can learn and grow together. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. This is Communities Engaging Autism's website. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above all, please secure your own oxygen mask before helping others.